Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Gareth Mitchell, and this is the third in our podcast series, Exploring Analytical Science. Today, we're discussing the engineering of a new screening tool for early prediction of preterm birth based on microRNA biomarkers. Now, we'll meet our guest in just a moment. This podcast series comes from Agilent. It's a global life sciences company providing solutions for the analytical lab and also Imperial College London, where I've been based for quite some time now. A world-leading institution, of course, for science, research and education. Uh, so let's meet our guest, Lucia Petru, who's a medical student but is uh, taking time out to pursue her PhD as part of her MBBS PhD. Uh, now in your second year of PhD study, but I think, Lucia, the year six overall in your um, education post-school, if I got that right. Yes, exactly. Thank you for the introduction, Gareth. And that's correct. I'm in my sixth year of nine years total at Imperial. Oh, well, it's great to have you along. You clearly love studying and research. <laughs> so you're in the right place. I clearly so do, yes. Let's get into this topic of yours, because I find it absolutely fascinating. Micro RNAs. And just for the uninitiated, me included, actually, just fill us in a bit more on their function and why they're why they matter as biomarkers. Sure. So I'm just going to start by describing something that most people will be familiar with, which is the DNA. And as you know, that's found within cells and it contains all the instructions needed for an organism to develop. And all those genes are then transcribed into mRNA, which stands for messenger RNA. And essentially how the microRNAs come into this story is that they regulate which mRNAs are going to be translated into proteins. So they dictate what protein is produced, essentially. And that makes them key in diagnostics then, doesn't it? Which I suppose brings us on to the work that you and your group are doing. Yes, exactly. So as I've described their role in the, their physiological role, in diseased states, they're often dysregulated and different diseases have a different pattern of microRNA dysregulation. So yeah, th this is true for a variety of conditions, including infectious diseases, but it's also been identified in heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. And recently in the Terzida group, which is one of my co-supervisors, microRNAs were identified as biomarkers for preterm birth as well, and they can be detected from the 12th week of pregnancy. And can you tell us a bit more about preterm birth? So preterm birth is the birth before the 37th week of pregnancy, and it occurs in about one in 10 women. And it's the leading cause of death in children under five worldwide and accounts for more than a third of infant mortality. It's also a leading cause of significant morbidity in those infants that do survive. But I'd also like to point out that preterm birth is not exactly a diagnosis per se, but rather an outcome of uh, some very complex pathophysiological pathways. So there are some current screening tools, but they're mainly available to women who are considered as high risk for preterm birth. But there is a clear need for a diagnostic that can be used as a screening tool for um, those in the first pregnancy, for example, that are not known to be at high risk of preterm birth, but mm. also obviously in the monitoring of women. So what are the main limitations of the biomarkers that we have at the moment? They're usually upregulated closer to when a woman is going to give birth preterm. So 
the issue is that the window in which a treatment can be, can be given is quite limited. So what uh, the microRNAs I was talking about are upregulated from the 12th week of pregnancy, which is quite early on. So the window is a lot larger for both monitoring and intervention. So one of the big aims of your project then is to develop a point of care predictive tool, isn't it? Which is, I mean, it was a huge, it sounds very ambitious to me. But anyway, tell us a bit more about the project. Yes, that's correct. Um, so my work is on diagnostics with a focus on microRNA sensors for the prediction of preterm birth. And as part of my project, I develop probes that can be incorporated onto lateral flasses. So that's a similar concept to the pregnancy test with regards to the presence of a test line and control line. But instead of using urine for detection, for example, uh, my project is to use blood samples. And some benefits of using a lateral flasse is that they're very low cost, they have a long shelf life, and they're very versatile. You might even have heard of the one that is being used right now as an antigen test for the COVID-19 diagnostic. And they also allow for a small sample volume. So they're actually an ideal kind of point of care device. Yes, yeah, so I've had a few of those lateral flow tests. I was thinking just that, as, as you were suggesting, you know, and they and they are they're they're cheap, they're readily available, aren't they? You know, they're very portable. They can be posted as as mine have been through the door, and just uh, you know, like a little bit of um, a swab in in this case from up your nose. But clearly here, and to be absolutely clear, you're talking about uh, the blood, aren't you? You've you've just said that. Yeah. So ideally, we would want to detect the microRNAs from the blood of patients. So tell me where um, uh, peptide nucleic acid probes come in then, because that that's, for me, was quite a new term. So I wonder if you can unpack that for us. So peptide nucleic acids are essentially DNA analog, but instead of having the negatively charged deoxyribose phosphate backbone, they have a peptide backbone. So what this does is that it allows them to bind to nucleic acids with a very high affinity. In our group, we use them for microRNA diagnostics because we use them as part of oligonucleotide templated reactions. So in my project, I have two peptide nucleic acids or PNAs that are seven base pairs long for each microRNA that I want to detect. And what the oligonucleotide templated reactions are is that the microRNA acts as a template and it brings together to PNAs that have that are functionalized on the side that is towards the middle and by bringing together two chemical groups a reaction takes place which i detect as a change in fluorescence so for example in my case the fluorescence would go up and i'd be able to detect that using a benchtop fluorescent scanner on my lateral fluorescence so my test lines are essentially fluorescence based and so how sensitive is that uh, fluorescence, that form of detection? So even if there's just one base pair change in the microRNA, which we've tried before by using microRNAs with different mutations at different places, the fluorescence would drop by about 90%. So that means that the PNAs are quite specific to what microRNA they're detecting. In terms of limit of detection, it's not quite clear how low they go, but it seems that it's in the very low nanomolar region. 
And to be absolutely clear, then, this is multiplexed micro RNA sensing. So talk us through a little bit more about what that means and how that's so beneficial. So by knowing the concentration of one microRNA, it's kind of hard to draw conclusions because a lot of factors can come into play by how the sample is taken if, if you do any RNA extraction, for example. But by being able to compare different microRNAs to each other, then you can have a profile and make it more specific to each disease. And that is what I was describing earlier, that, you know, different diseases have different upregulated or downregulated microRNAs. And as microRNAs have different targets, it means that some diseases between each other might have the same microRNA, but they wouldn't exactly have the same profile of microRNAs. So it's quite important to go for a multiplex when doing microRNA detection. And how tried and tested is this technique? Are you really to pioneering the technique itself or have you been able to adapt it from other cases? So the way we detect microRNAs has been previously shown in the group but as part of my project yes I'm trying to develop this multiplex microRNA detector. What's the biggest challenge in doing that? I would say it's trying to optimize everything together and get the limit of detection low enough because microRNA abundance is not that high circulating in blood and yeah i would say yeah, getting no, the limit of, of detection low enough yeah so obviously what you're doing is very much at the research stage and this is all being played out in the adjutant measurement suite so tell me more about what you're actually doing there and how the suite is really enabling this research sure so we synthesize the pna probes in the lab initially and then we check their mass using mass spectrometry, or more specifically, MALD time of flight, just to check that the synthesis was successful. And then the I use preparative HPLC in the Agilent suite, and this helps me to purify my probes. And that's a really important part of my project, actually, because we really need the probes to be very pure, as microRNAs have actually quite a high sequence homology, which means that some of them might be similar to each other. And I want my PNAs to bind to exactly the microRNA that I'm trying to target. And I found that preparative HPLC allows me to efficiently purify my probes. And this increases, obviously, the specificity as I can be confident that they're, they are only bound onto the microRNA that I want them to. So after I make sure that my PNA probes are pure, I test that using, um, again, mass spectrometry. I take them back into the lab where I incorporate them as part of my lateral glasses, and that just allows me to continue with my research. So what you've managed to achieve so far in this, you know, clearly it's an early stage at the moment, but um, what sort of glimmers of optimism do you have about the technique itself? Are you taking any promise or, or is it still too soon to say? I would say it's a very promising technique and there are different ways of microRNA detection that are actually explored in the LADAM group that I'm part of. So even though I'm incorporating the PNA probes as part of lateral thrasses, other people are looking into incorporating them as part of microneedle patches, for example, for the detection of microRNAs in interstitial fluid for melanoma, or other people are also looking into how to detect them electrochemically. 
So in general, I do think there is a lot of promise in the field of microRNA diagnostics, and I'm really excited about how they're going to be used in the future. Well, that's a, a very promising note on which to end. So thank you so much uh, for joining us on this podcast. We've been hearing today from Lucia Petru, uh, who's into the second year now of a PhD as part of her medical studies at Imperial. And do stay tuned because next time we're going to be discussing antioxidant nanoparticles and neurodegenerative diseases. So we'll see you then. Thanks for listening, folks. And I'll see you next time. Bye bye.